All right, hello everyone. This is Stacy with LSDS again. And today I am back with our cyber SME, Cliff Wilson. So Cliff, thank you for coming back again. Thank you very much for having me. Perfect. So this one, we're taking time to dive into this topic and answer some questions that originally came from some of our clients. We have quite a few student travelers and naturally parents want to know what the best course of action is for keeping track of their kids students as they're literally take off and take on the world. So we've got backpackers, all sorts of variations of travel that can take them across different borders, you know, quite adventurous. And I, so I totally understand that, right? The question here is what is the best way to do that and make sure that you aren't leaving yourself vulnerable to unwanted tracking or invasive actors? So one of the first things, I think I got a question here specifically was regarding air tags and tracking apps. I know we've heard of some of these that are pretty common. So just kind of digging into that from your point of view, Cliff, what are our best options and practices there? Yeah, so we'll talk about air tags first and, and Apple's Find My application. So essentially air tags is part of Apple's Find My. And you know, I'm not a huge fan of First of all, one company having so much information like Apple. I'm also not a huge fan of phones using location services, but I will say Apple's Find My and their AirTags have come a long way over the last you know several years. So I do use it personally. I like having my family on my Find My application where my wife and I and our family can track each other, right? It's good that you can share it with individual users. It's not going to necessarily be open to the public. But like I said, I do use it with my family and it's very easy to use. It's very convenient. Most of your family members will have that has an iPhone might already know how to use that. And it's easy to turn on and off as opposed to having to go download a different app. I also use AirTags, and actually recently with the new iOS update, you can share your AirTags with people in your family or people in your contacts list. So as an example, if I have an AirTag on my keys, I can also share that with my wife if we share a car. If I had a child, I could put an AirTag on their backpack or in their car or anything that they could be traveling with. Like we put AirTags in our luggage when we don't have it, when we check bags. Um, you know, there's a lot of different options and it's as nice that you can share with other people as well. And it's, I don't want to say it's real time, but it's close to real time tracking on that and, and how that works for AirTags and Find My is a lot of apps will use GPS or Bluetooth, but what Find My and AirTags uses is a connection to an iOS or an Apple device. So any device that's near it, it can kind of ping it and use that location to show where it is. So if you dropped an AirTag in the middle of the ocean and never had any service to a device, it wouldn't ping. But in most situations where I'm gonna say a rough estimate of 50% or 60% of the world has Apple devices that you can, it'll routinely ping somewhere in some sort of travel when it's near somebody. So I do like that because of that. I will say it can be a little weird sometimes as well because the AirTags will notify you if one is near you and it's not linked to you and they can make dinging noises as well so if you're trying to if you don't want to annoy your children or annoy somebody it might make some noises when they're around them okay that's a that's a good caveat <laughs> when it comes to using these different considerations for traveling internationally because i think this is where for the most part I see parents really wanting to keep track of their kids, especially with those more adventurous trips that are including several countries and backpacking trains all over the place, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I will say one thing. So in America, we are dominant with iOS devices and iPhones. 
Mm-hmm. There's still a lot internationally, but there's not as much. A lot of it is heavy on Android and Samsung devices. So like we kind of talked about before, you might not get as much accuracy with that. So right. So maybe the AirTag and Find My isn't the best outcome there internationally. Right. Mm-hmm. So then we would kind of talk about different tracking applications that are commonly found on phones and computers and things like that. Right. And the question there is how much do you want to have with tracking on their device? What exactly are you trying to see? They do have the basic ones, which just uses GPS tracking, but it also gets a lot more advanced. When you're traveling internationally, maybe you want to have a little bit more insight on what they're doing, maybe with their permission or without their permission. But if I was traveling internationally, maybe I want my parents or my siblings or my parents to see what kind of messages I'm doing, what's happening on social media, just so there's a tracking of me digitally as well. So there are a couple of apps out there, and a couple that I've looked into are MSpy and Umobix, and those would be more of the examples of an advanced tracker. So you can see GPS location. They can track your messages. You can look at social media and kind of see what they're doing there, and it can also recover some deleted data. And when you want it to be a little bit more private, I guess you could say, they do have things like stealth mode which makes it look invisible to the device, and which could be really good, too, in some ways. We talked about people going to certain countries that have stricter digital laws. Someone's scanning your phone. They might not be able to see that as well. Interesting. Okay, so I have a question that I'm injecting in here, too. So to put those apps on, let's say, my kid's phone, we want me watching my kid, right? Is there any way that someone could get an app like that on somebody else's phone without them knowing it? They'd have to have access to it and everything, right? Yeah, and that's kind of on that person and and how they use their phone. And do you give your phone to friends and family or people you don't even know Mm -hmm. um, at any time where you don't have necessarily full control over it, looking over their shoulder, seeing what they're doing? It's not an easy process, right? So if I wanted to go install it on the app on the from the app store, it would take some kind of facial recognition or a password. But sometimes there's other ways to install apps, especially like on Android phones. You can download a file. And that's more kind of like a click and play executable similar to a computer. There are ways to do that with Android. So the answer is yes, people could do it. And you want to make sure that you have full control of your device at all times. In most situations, obviously, if you're going through airport or something like that, you might not be able to have control. I would try to keep control as much as I can and ensure that's not happening. And then there also are ways to kind of routinely check that. And Android makes it a lot easier because it's more similar to a computer, but you can check background processes of devices. So as an example, on my Android, I can go check down the, the background processes that are happening in the background that might not necessarily be on an application or something visible, like the stealth mode. And then I could find out from there if something looks weird and kind of dive in a little bit deeper. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. No, that, that helps me because at first I'm like, ooh, someone else could put this on a phone and be tracking someone but that would be much more difficult to do. Okay, so here's the importance of everyone, hold on to your phones. Yes, and, and, you know, I will say just from life experience and some military experience and surveillance experience, we have done that. We have done it without people knowing for good reason to find bad people or to do things for the military, but it's happened and we've done it successfully, so it can definitely be done. All right, so now we know. (laughs) So let's go back real quick. So I didn't hit on all of it. So let's talk about just the maybe GPS tracking apps. We don't want to get super in-depth to those quote-unquote advanced tracker applications, but things like a couple good ones now that I've been looking into and, and use are AirDroid and Glimpse, and those are more tailored just to tracking with GPS. It's like you don't necessarily want to have 
the iPhone and Apple have location services for everything, or you don't want to use that Find My or AirTag, you can use these applications and have it with your family or whoever you want, and you can just share GPS. There's also some really good things that you can do that are a little bit different that not everyone is aware of, I guess you can say. is So yes, you can see the location on the map, but you can create geolocation fences and kind of set up alerts based on that kind of stuff. So let's say I had myself and my wife were at the house and I wanted to know when my wife was leaving the house and coming back to the house. So when she leaves that geofence location, which maybe I just make it our yard around our house, or when she comes back, I can be notified. So let's say it's really late at night. She doesn't have a key. She comes back into our house. I know to get up and unlock the door for her when her hands are full or something of that sort. So you can create those alerts, which are really helpful in certain situations. I like that. We've had some questions about the geolocation, being able to put the fences up, that sort of thing. So that's really good to know for those. So everyone listening, we'll include links to these apps too in the notes for this as well. So we're mentioning a few things here and we will definitely summarize that for everybody too. And then of course we have to talk about a lot of the fine line, the air tags, and we have to mention that Android and Google has a lot of similar capabilities. Same thing built into their phones. Actually a lot of it's used through Google Maps instead of necessarily a fine line application, which is also very useful too, because I'm not sure about you, but I actually use Google Maps too on my, my iPhone. So it'd be easier for cross devices without having to install a different third party application. And then also when you have the AirTags, there's also the Samsung smart trackers from the Google side of things. One thing we haven't talked about before too is there's actually a whole bunch of third-party trackers as well that uses a lot of similar capabilities that you could do the same things with the Samsung Air trackers and the Find Minds. So like the ONN Walmart brand has a couple of them, and there's a few of the third-party ones that we can link in the, the notes as well. Okay, awesome. And not that I would recommend doing this, but there's also social media applications that do a lot of sharing between GPS location and friends and contacts. So we can talk about this later because it's really like convenience versus security and privacy, but it's very convenient to use a social media app such as a Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Snapchat. They all have capabilities of seeing where your friends are. And of course, people love opening Snapchat and seeing their little bitmoji saying, I'm right here and my friend's 20 miles away. So people do like that and people like to see that and they're used to using those applications already. So it's a lot more easier to use than installing something else. Okay. And I will say too, with students and international travel, WhatsApp is very popular. That yes. tends to be a messaging system that's very global. So you can really use it in a lot of different countries. So that that one probably is pretty popular with folks. You definitely, I would agree. Okay. I like that. And those are good notes too. Now I've heard of this one a lot and I know a couple of people who use it. I, I do not use it with my, with my boys yet. I don't know if I will, but Life360, how does that compare? I know it's popular. I, I've heard about it a lot, but as far as security, all that sort of stuff, what, how does this one compare with these? What, what we've been talking about? Yeah. So Life360 is definitely a very popular one. And that must say it's gotten pretty popular the last few years. It's great for tracking and sharing locations. And that general stuff that we've talked about, but what I really do not like, and it makes me hard to trust is when a company says that they do not share or use your data for anything, and then they get caught selling it to a third party like Life360 did. So right now there is a class action lawsuit about Life360 selling user data to third parties. And that's really what makes me hesitant is if they're potentially lying about something like this, I don't necessarily trust them and I try to stay away from that. With that said, this is what we run into a lot with security and privacy is are you working 
on an app or using an app that's from a technology company or from a privacy and security company. Life360 would now not be a privacy-centric company if something has happened like this. We've talked about other things like Signal Messenger or Proton Mail, which mm -hmm. are security and privacy companies that make an app, as opposed to a technology company that's jumping into the messaging and app world. Yeah, I see the difference there. Okay, interesting. All right, so for everyone's awareness, that's the status on that. For apps, we, we've talked about a lot of apps here. We're going to refer to, mention some of them in the notes as well. It's the easiest way to do so many things these days, from ordering coffee, your groceries, tracking, this sort of stuff. What should we be looking for before we download any app? So you're in the app store. What are some of the details that I should be checking before I download that app onto my phone? Exactly. Yes, this is a great question. And kind of just alluded to it a little bit when we talk about digital age. It's been this controversy with yourself about convenience and security and privacy. And this will kind of give you a little bit of insight on that. But we use iOS and their app store as an example. When you go to install an app or when you go to the app store and you look at some apps, when you click on it, before you install it, you can actually scroll down to the bottom and you can see what kind of information and data is being used when you use that application or when you authorize that application access to your stuff. So the two common ones that you see on there will be at the bottom is data that's used to track you, data that's linked to you, and data that's not linked to you. And between all of these things, it can be something about your identity, your location, your health and fitness, your usage, the diagnostics of your phone, what kind of purchases you have, user content, and all this stuff. And what I don't like about this is like when I use my Chrome browser app, why does it need access to my purchases, my camera, my microphone, my location if I'm not using it at that time? It needs the diagnostics of my phone. That's what I question sometimes. But like I just said, kind of been trying to go from the more convenient side and the security side. And we're so used to saying, yes, we can give you access to my phone if I can use this application ever since we pretty much had smartphones. Right. I don't think we check all that. So when you're saying when it says that data used to track you or data linked to you, it's, does it go any more specific than that? Or just if you agree to that, it's you've agreed to it accessing whatever mm -hmm. it's fine that as, right? Yeah. So you've agreed to it, but probably say, or you can find that information somewhere on their website on in their mm -hmm. privacy section, deep into links and things like that, where probably not super easy to find, but there's probably a ton of information there about how exactly they use it and how they can't use it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of negates the whole point of apps and the convenience, right? <laughs> You've got to go digging for like, all the details in there way in the weeds. Yeah. It's just these companies are making money off of your data, though. That's pretty much what happens when you see something that's free. It's not really free. They're using your information and data to sell to third parties. That's not great. So say we we like what the app looks like. We've we've looked at the details there. What should we check for after it's downloaded and we're using it? Yes. So when you're downloading it and you first install it and go to open it, or during the installation process, it'll probably say, hey, you need to give access to this, give access to this, give access to this. And that's one of the points where you can say yes or no. And unfortunately, in many of those situations, if you click no, it'll say you can't use the app. But what I do is after I go through that install process, you can go into the settings 
of the app, probably through your general settings on your phone. We'll use the iPhone as example. So if I go download Google Chrome, I can go into my settings and go find Google Chrome in the app. And it'll give you a list right there of all the different things that it uses. And most likely it probably turned everything on if you didn't have to agree to it. So I would go in there and turn it to the minimum. So turn location services off for Google Chrome or no more than while using the app. So usually there's always on while using the app or off. Okay. So maybe I'll do just while using the app because when you link something to what's the best food near me or something like that, it, it is useful and it's convenient like we talked about, but I try not to go too overboard with that. And then it'll say, do you want to access all of your photographs on your phone, the microphone, the camera? Do you want face ID, which could be a good thing, right? You want to secure your browser in some sort of way, you can use face ID, but it doesn't need every single piece of that to use that application properly. Well, you. For them to use it properly and to get your data, they do want all of that. <laughs> they would like it, but don't need it. Okay. No, that makes sense. And I have seen some of this stuff after I was clued into like, oh, hey, you can check all that out there. And it was, it was at first like you have access to everything. So changing it as needed is definitely highly recommended. And lots of folks think too that apps update automatically. I was guilty of this. So not true. And so how often should we be checking for updates on these apps? Yeah, that's tricky, too, because the common cell phone user has many apps on their phone, right? And what I would do is continue to use the iPhone. You can go to the App Store and go to your settings, and you can put on automatic updates. And what that does is that pretty much in layman terms will say is, like, when there's an update for your app, if it's not done manually in a couple days, it'll notify you. So it does not update it immediately all the time. It can update, but it might not do it all the time. But it will probably notify you eventually that there's an, an update for the app, or you'll just see it update in the background. Okay. But what I like to do is I try to just routinely check the app store and click on your, your face at the top corner, and it'll show you right there what kind of updates are available. So making sure automatic updates are on, and then manually checking whenever you have time, or maybe set a calendar occurring event just to remind yourself. Because this is just as important. We've talked about this before with other cyber-related stuff, your computer, your phones in general, operating systems, everything, to make sure Mm -hmm. it's up to date, to make sure that it's often security-related stuff or just fixing some bugs, glitches, that sort of thing, gives you the best advantage for keeping everything safe. So. Yeah, so to talk about that from the operating system side, not necessarily the applications, but the operating system is, is even more critical and important. So... Once again, go through your settings and make sure automatic updates are on. And usually what these settings would be like, when connected to Wi-Fi, automatically download this update in the background and we'll notify you when it's done. And then you can click install now or install tonight or something like that. But it's, it's pretty similar to what we just talked about. It's, it might, it might notify you. It might not. But after a few days, it probably will notify you. Maybe not the day that it's released. But now why is that important is when these security updates are released and let's, Get a little bit of confusion out of the way. So there's operating system like standard updates and there's security updates. And we're talking about specifically security updates because if there's a security update, there's a vulnerability that's been exploited. So that means someone found a security issue in the operating system and use it to their advantage in a way that it shouldn't be used. Maybe they gained access to your phone somehow or an application somehow that shouldn't be happening necessarily. So what that means is When the update has been released for available download, the whole world is aware of that exploit 
and that vulnerability on your phone now. And what that means then is you might not have that vulnerability patched through that update because you haven't installed it yet, but everyone now has access to that vulnerability because it's been posted on Apple's website saying, hey, we found this vulnerability, we're getting it patched right away, but now everyone knows how to what the issue could be. So if you have anybody that's got a little bit of technical knowledge and some cybersecurity know-how and that kind of stuff, they could potentially use that against you and your device to gain access to something that they shouldn't have access to. So by the time you see those security updates, it's old news and it needs to <laughs> everyone's aware. All right. So those are super important. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. So with these apps, what do we need to look for to make sure that they're safe to use in general? Yeah. And and we're going to kind of go back to a little bit what we talked about, which is convenience versus security. And and like I said, we all lean more to, towards convenience. That's the whole point of a smartphone is, you know, being convenient for you and being able to use things where you want to and when you want to. So unfortunately, almost every app gives access to our devices and to us more than we want to, right? Especially anything that's like big tom- company related. So big tech companies like Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, all that kind of stuff. They're most likely using your information to sell to third parties or to use for some sort of advantage from a you know monetary standpoint. So like, you know, I love it when it's like you're in the car with your friend and you're like, oh, let's go to Chick-fil-A and maybe just Google closest Chick-fil-A locations, then all of a sudden you're getting advertisements about Chick-fil-A and mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? And you wonder how that happens. It's because you <laughs> gave cool access to your Google Chrome browser for your identity, your personal information, all this kind of stuff, and it can use it for anything like that. And that's what we call really targeted advertising. But mm-hmm. it's that's kind of where we are now, and that's, that's what we do. We give access to a lot of devices and apps that we don't necessarily need to, to do. But that's kind of that's the digital age that we live in right now. So... The, the biggest thing I would say is is really looking at what it uses, like we discussed earlier, what all is it tapping into from your information wise and what is it not using? And and then make sure you do the settings. But when it comes down to it, we're going to give access to a lot of this stuff. That's how we've been and that's how it's going to keep moving. Unfortunately, data being used against us is not going to stop. Everyone's making money off that. And that's how they make some apps free and all this kind of stuff. That's what they do. That's how they do it. So it's really kind of deciding to yourself what's safe to you and what's not safe. And it's probably going to be giving up more security and going with the convenience because they're so used to it already. It's hard to go back from that. But it's it's up to you kind of how to figure out what you want to do with that and how to proceed with that. No, this was super helpful because I think it, like you said, convenience, we're used to it. It is it is very hard to go back <laughs> once you've gotten used to that. But then there are some just very simple steps for just checking with those apps that you're using. Do they need access all the time to everything on your phone? So that's just really helpful just to know that that's an option, that you can do that. Because I but most people don't realize you can go in and control that and can turn them off, toggle it back on when you need it, that sort of thing. Right. Um, no, that was super helpful. Any Before we close this out, any last final, like, people need to know this? Just know what you're downloading and that it will probably most likely be used in some kind of way for you or against you, positively or negatively. Right. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. Stay on top of your updates. We're probably going to say this every time we talk about anything cyber. Make sure your stuff's updated. Go in there and do some homework before you just download every convenient app to make your life easier. Just check the background stuff. Turn off your location when you don't need it. 
microphone access? No. Does it need other pictures? No. All that good stuff. So, no, this was super helpful clip. I appreciate you taking the time to dig into this a little bit because it was been an interesting one for sure. We will have some notes attached to this with some links to some of the apps that Cliff was talking about here too. There's a couple of good ones as far as the tracking stuff as well. So that'll be in the summary there too. And we'll be back with more. We've got a couple topics we want to touch on too in the cyber world here. So we should be doing that here soon. But thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, you can always reach us via email at riskmitigation at lsds.us. Also check us out on our website, lsds.us. And we're always here to answer any questions, comments, and all that good stuff. So thank you.